Hello and welcome back to the Centre Pass podcast brought to you by Netball Draft Central. My name is Sophie Taylor and I'm joined by Taylor Melky and Phoebe Doyle as an extra special guest this week. How are you guys going? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys going? <laughs> yeah, really good. I'm excited to have you on board for this special episode, Phoebe. We know you've got plenty of netball knowledge up there, so it's going to be great to have someone else to chat about with. I think we'll just get straight into the weekend's action. We had Suncorp Super Netball finally start back. It was a long break and we started back with two Melbourne games. And funny enough, these two teams actually hadn't played in Melbourne in over 600 days which is pretty ridiculous to think about. So the first game that we'll go into was the Melbourne Vixens versus the West Coast Fever. Vixens unfortunately lost 51 to 65 to the Fever. Um, Phoebe and I are both Vixens fans in the room, so (laughs) we're a little bit sad about this one. (laughs) What did you think of the game, Phoebe? Um, Yeah, look, Fever have a pretty much unchanged lineup. They were always going to be strong. Vixens lost... Uh, Tegan Phillip and Katie Thwaites and Liz Watson. So they were always going to struggle. I think the hard thing with this game is it went exactly the way we expected it to. Yeah, and as, yeah. as much as that breaks you your hearts because you guys are diehard Vixens fans, for me it was a bit... It, it was exactly what I expected. I thought that there were patches where there were really good glimpses of play, especially in that defensive end from the Vixens. But in the end, that attacking unit is going to take time to gel. There was just a lack of cohesion. The movement was really stagnant at periods. So that's not only, you know, a time thing, but that's going to be just confidence. And I think the Ruby Barkmeyer really was that key when she came onto court. She was really quiet at first, as if she looked shy to be out there. And then all of a sudden, bam, like a, a flick switched and she was really confident. And that's when things started to move for the Vixens. Yeah, I agree. And there are a couple more talking points of the Vixens. Obviously, Hannah Mundy got her debut. She's never played an SSN game. Um, She's still relatively young and took the court in wing attack to start. She had a bit of a quiet start, a little bit of crowding, but that's almost to be expected in a team that's so new look at the front end. Um, But at the end of the day, I think she did a good job towards the end, especially when she moved into centre. And then The other talking point actually wasn't a newcomer to the Vixens for me. It was um, the impact of Katie Ann Dehaney. And I've been a Dehaney fan since the beginning. I think she's a star. And I think she really proved that when Mannix got her. I think she had the dislocated pinky, the broken pinky, maybe two seasons ago. And Dehaney came on, did not skip a beat and was excellent. And she has just been chomping at the bit for a chance. And to put her on against Fowler and see Fowler get a little bit scared under the post was just perfect. Glad to see that you're finally picking up on some of my sayings. Chomping at the bit is trademark me, yes, it is. but that is okay. I will second this thought and say that I thought the injection of Katie Ann Dehaney was exactly what the Vixens needed. And I think that they need to be willing to make that change more often. Not to say that Emily Mannix is a, a terrible goalkeeper or anything like that, but Jeez. I'm saying, no, but more I'm saying is that they need to be willing to make that change yeah. when it, when things aren't going well and I think that defensive end as soon as Dehaney came on it it provided that spark for the rest of the team because she was winning ball back and it's incredibly hard when you're winning ball back and it's getting lost in translation which happened a few times as we've touched on through that midcourt but I think that Dehaney just provides something very very different what were your thoughts Phoebe? Yeah she was definitely what they needed just to change it up and uh, keep Fowler on her toes I think she'd worked out Emily Mannix's uh, game plan a little bit 
And yeah, Dehaney was definitely what they needed. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I mean, Dehaney's got such a small frame, especially compared to Fowler. But even as any goalkeeper, I think she and Shamira Sterling both have a similar kind of really leaf, long, lanky frame. Um, And she did a really good job of bodying up on Fowler really well and pushing her back to the goal line. Uh, That being said, Fowler still shot 55 goals from 60. And even though the Vixens certainly weren't at their A game, there is no doubt that the Fever uh, completely came out with a point to prove. They obviously had a 12-point deficit coming into the round. um, And there's obviously been some contentious chat around the weekend saying whether that's actually been enough points taken off them for the salary cap breach um, a few years back. But yeah, Fever, to their credit, were fantastic. Um, Fowler is always hard to stop. You look at someone like Sunday Ariang, an absolute star in the making. I thought um, Sasha Glasgow did a really good job when she came on court. Courtney Bruce had MJ Kumwenda's number by the end of the game and they had to force that change. It was just a very cohesive game by the Fever. Yeah, it definitely was. I think that that was always going to happen, though. They have only lost Kalia Stanton, who played for the Vixens, and I think she looked a little bit out of place at times. But when she came on in that goal shooter position, wow, didn't she look so much more comfortable and just confident to post and really backed herself in. But, yeah, the Fever were always going to come out and win comprehensively. But let's not beat around the bush. I think that the main conversation I really want to have is what is your opinion on the 12-point deficit for the Fever? I, for one, now am thinking that it wasn't enough. As harsh as it sounds, yes, 12, 12 points is theoretically three games. So they are still in the running for finals. If they continue performances like this, is a 12-point punishment enough? Personally, I don't think so. As much as it's frustrating for the players, if, if the competition wants to be considered professional the way that they're going... Um, they need to be making these professional decisions in relation to the teams. So unfortunately, I don't think it is enough. I think they're still well within their chances of making finals. And we were talking before the podcast and Phoebe, something you brought up was all they have to do is they have to make that top four and they're set. Any team can make it from there. Yeah. Yeah. And if they met and they're well in contention to making it into that top four. And I think they'll uh, this will be a bigger conversation if they end up winning the grand final, which they look in top spot to do at the moment, really. Absolutely. It's a very, very interesting point because I bring up this phrase, is it considered illegal what they did? And then you put it in perspective of, is 12 points sufficient for an illegal act? It was outside the sporting code of conduct or whatever it is, you know, salary cap, it's, it's a huge thing. And this is probably one of the most controversial things to come out of netball in a long time. It's not like it was only, you know, five grand. It was a substantial amount of money that players were getting overpaid. And okay, the players of this year are getting punished for it. But at at the same stage, it's really hard to find that balance between how do we appropriately punish them, but also send like a message. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you look at how many players have turned around since then. I mean, obviously they lost Nat Medhurst, obviously Kalia Stanton now and Ingrid Collier with the ACL last year. But those are things that wouldn't have factored in too much to that. Obviously, probably Nat Medhurst at the most, um, given she was at the club during that time. But yeah, still very 
iffy and still quite a contentious thing um, going on in the wider netball community at the moment. But we'll move on to the second game of the round, which was also in Melbourne. Um, the Sunshine Coast Lightning took out the win over the Collingwood Magpies 67-56. to What did you guys think of this game? It was an improved effort on behalf of the Magpies. I'll give them that. I think that Nicole Richardson is doing a really good job. You could see the different game plan in which they were putting out on court. However, the issues still lie that there's just a lack of grit, if that makes sense. There is just like that lack of determination. And that sounds really harsh, but it's just like there are there's too much inconsistency in the way they play. There are moments of greatness and then a stray pass will happen and you're just like, they've built up all of this energy for it all to just disappear once again. Whereas you look at the Lightning and they are just a pillar of consistency. It didn't matter what changes they made or anything like that. They just continued to motor and there was nothing that seemed to get in their way. I was really impressed by the way Mahalia Cassidy just filled the void immediately. It was as if she'd been there for years, had did not skip a beat and was a real general general through that midcourt. But I think for the Magpies, there's just there's the makings of potential greatness, but they're still a little bit off the pace. Yeah, I agree. I found the Magpies quite frustrating to watch and you look down at the amount of changes they made from their bench and it was excessive and they just could not figure out that winning formula and that's something they're really going to have to sort out in the coming weeks because it was just frustrating to watch. There was some really good patches but then really inconsistent moments and I think the thing that really stood out to me was Jeeva Mentor being taken off the court during the third quarter and Jackie Newton getting the goalkeeper bib and I think that's number one a big deal because Newton is typically a goal defense and number two that's your captain that you're taking off court who is an England international goalkeeper and I understand Jeeva is obviously a veteran and she she knows what she's doing and I think she did a good job for the most part um kind of shutting down some of the easier drives of Conan but in the third quarter the Lightning shot away 21 goals um, and you can't afford that. It was very, very interesting and it was just a really frustrating game to watch, but full credit to the Lightning. See, to play devil's advocate, I'd say it was a good move. I don't think that Jeeva was doing enough down back. I think that Conan had her number. Her speed and just decision-making was just outplaying Jeeva. Not only... Jeeva Mentor was not the only one that was getting outplayed by Conan's movement, especially along the goal line, but... I think that change completely shook up the way that Collingwood kind of defended things with Jackie Newton coming on. I thought Newton played a really strong role, even though we know she is a typical goal defence. But I think that the way she bodied up on Conan was better than the way Jeeva was bodying up on her. I know they still skipped out to 21 goals and the Pies only got 16, but I do think that that's almost a coming of age period now. Jeeva's going to potentially find more time on the bench she is what 34 35 thereabouts is this the chance for someone like newton to take over the reins what are your thoughts phoebe yeah i think she's just taking too long to get into the game and they they don't have the luxury of yeah wasting that time really um they look really good on paper they have ash brazel they've got jiva mentor kelsey brown but and molly uh is obviously a really good up-and-comer but they just need to make it gel all together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I will touch on Ash Braz now because she's just a star. And it did take her, again, some time to get into the match. 
Um, but overall, she was fairly consistent and she just does not seem to skip a beat when she takes the court. And it was so exciting to see her take the court. And there was a big roar from the crowd when her name was read out early. So you can just see how much everyone loves seeing her back. Um, obviously, Kelsey also made her return from an, uh, an ACL injury and put out a pretty good effort, 17 goal assists. But you look at the goalers that she was passing to and you've got Shimona Nelson who wasn't at her most accurate. She's certainly played better games. I think it was 39 from 43. So not her worst turnaround, but um, she missed a few easy passes into the circle from the starting whistle of the game. And you could just see she was quite easy to get into the head of. Um, Khalifa McCollin is someone I wish we saw more of. I think she's a star and we didn't get to see that, especially because when they did play her, they played her in goal shooter and she's typically a goal attack. So it's it's the thing about players being played out of position. That is a Collingwood thing <laughs> that does not only stay to netball, it translates into football. We like to play our players out of position. <laughs> but... <laughs> Going back to the netballers, one player who did play out of position not on Collingwood was actually Carla Pretorius. I thought that was a really interesting decision. Um, the Lightning have changed up their defensive backline. Unfortunately, Ash Uni um, did her ACL in the preseason, uh, they, but they've gotten Kate Shimon on board. Um, Shim got some time in goalkeeper alongside Pretorius and then Mawaney also got some time in there and then Pretorius went out to wing defence and it was just a really interesting way to see the lightning change up because we're so used to seeing that stock standard defensive duo there. But that's exactly what they needed though. The lightning became predictable last season. Yeah. This adds another string to their bow. Pretorius outing wing, de- wing defence, I, I think we all had a bit of a chuckle. I know I did when she almost ran into the circle <laughs> when she just put the switch on to go into wing defence. But the long arms and just her ability to close down the def- or the opposition was impressive. So to be able to have three defenders that are all incredibly aerial, all able to win back a wealth of ball and can shut down their opposition attacker, it's a coach's, it's a coach's dream. Why wouldn't you want that? And why wouldn't you tinker around if you've got the likes of Shimon that can come on and play that role or put... Um, Pretorius out into wing defence. It was just a coaching mastermind, I reckon. Yeah. What did you think of the Lightning, Phoebe? Um, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. They're really just they're, – their backline's so versatile now that you don't know what they're going to do. And they're – yeah, I think they're just – and their front line, they've obviously got Steph Wood and Kara Conan who are a match made in heaven. So, yeah, always, they're just a very strong side, yeah. It's very interesting looking at the stats here because during the game, and I, I think – Tay would probably agree with me. It didn't appear like Steph Wood was quite having the impact that she ended up having. She ended up putting up 20 goals to go with Conan's 38, I think, um, which is a huge amount of goals from Conan. But 20 from Steph Wood is a huge achievement, especially given her form over the rec- like the over the last few seasons. Last year, she was really shaky and she's kind of had a bit of a niggling knee or leg injury that has kind of made life hard for her out the front in lightning. And I think regardless of how she played on the day, it was a really good showing from her. Um, so that was really interesting. And I mean, Taylor already touched on it, but Mahalia Cassidy is just a workhorse through the center. She just fit in seamlessly, um, came over from the light, uh, from the Firebirds at the end of last season and it just has not skipped a beat. So I was really impressed 
with the Lightning and I think along with the Fever, they're the teams to watch this season. We'll head on to our third game now, which was probably the match of the round. And a lot of people have been touting as a potential grand final um, to happen later on in the season. The Firebirds hosted the New South Wales Swifts and the Swifts won 69 to 66 in the first ever overtime in Suncorp Super Netball. And I don't know about you guys, but I was yelling at the TV and I'm not like emotionally invested in either of these teams, but I was watching going, come on. Like, I don't, I don't really care who wins. You were hoping the Firebirds would win. No, I was hoping the Swiss would win. (laughs) (laughs) But I was kind of looking at it going, it doesn't matter who wins here because it is such a phenomenal game, completely of two halves. And it was only the Swifts last probably five ten minutes of the game that actually saw them win that what did you guys think i think that my heart was in my mouth for way too (laughs) long throughout that game i'm a big firebirds fan i've touted them as hopeful premiers this year just fingers crossed uh not getting too confident or cocky or anything like that (laughs) but i think that this was a great showing of potential for the firebirds but also showed them that they are not there yet if that makes sense they have the makings to be great they have the makings to push the top teams but they need to find that extra gear and that is something that will come with time and as they work on those connections again i think uh a few times in that goal circle with gretel boeta returning to the fold and then ramelda aiken and tipper dwan there were a few changes that i think at times unsettled them and then same with that defensive line. I think it was really good that uh, Rudy Ellis got a chance to get out on court. And then talking of play, playing players out of position, we had the likes of Tara Hinchliffe get a run out in wing defense. So I think that this is going to be a, an interesting season from both teams because the performance that they put out is showing of a grand final and the intensity was ridiculous. I don't think that any of the other games had the same intensity as this match. Yeah, I agree. And I think it was because it was so close. And the Swifts did get out to probably an eight-goal lead at some point um, during the second, I think, before the Firebirds flew back into the contest, so to speak. And it was a really kind of seesawing contest just because of the way the Swifts were kind of inconsistent, but they kind of kept that intensity on in the front end. They were just lacking down back. And you look at someone like Sarah Clow, who... I think ended up with two intercepts to her name, but both of them happened in the last like seven minutes of the game. One to turn over the ball to get to Howsby to shoot that that goal to draw it all, which yeah. everyone has flashbacks from Helen Howsby doing that to their team at some point. But I'd rather she, not have them. <laughs> but then she got another one um, in the five minutes of overtime, which I actually was wondering too, because they've changed up how overtime will happen, where it's only five minutes facing the same end of the court that you were just shooting down, which um, is kind of questionable to me. I don't know about you guys. It feels like it's a little bit unfair because you're not getting both umpires' ends of the court. But I don't know if that's just something from me. But overall, I thought the Swifts were better for the full four-quarter effort. They deserved that win, but the Firebirds certainly gave them a run for their money. Phoebe, what did you think? Yeah, the Firebirds were really competitive. It was awesome to see Gretel Buetta back out on court. And I think when they paired her with um, Tipper Dwan was a real, um, yeah, a real match there. Um, Yeah, no, but both teams, Swiss were definitely 
yeah, more intense over more of the game, but the Firebirds showed what they can do when they're put under pressure. Now, it would also be rude of us not to talk about the one and only Kimmy Rav, <laughs> who made <laughs> her way back out on court. And let's just say she is phenomenal. Just her endurance is ridiculous. I was tired watching her run everywhere. <laughs> but to think that she has a little a little baby at home. I mean, same with Boeta. You know, Boeta only gave birth four months ago thereabouts. And for these two athletes to be in such tip-top shape, playing at an elite level, not enough can be said for just how amazing that is because it's not an easy feat. Your body has just gone through a complete and utter change and then they're going out there and putting out performances like this. I think that's just amazing and their connections will only grow as time goes on as well. So it's a stepping stone for the Firebirds. I know I sound incredibly biased. <laughs> I don't, don't get me wrong. I think the Swifts put out a, a really strong performance and that attacking end seems to have found that connection once again. And I think the move of Paige Hadley in particular into wing okay. defense, that's going to be the winner this year because the cons- inconsistency in that attacking unit caused all sorts of dramas last year with Nat Haythorn-Thwaite moving there, through there, Maddie Proud, then Hadley. There was just way too much going on. They can solidify that as they did throughout this game. Then they've sent out a really strong warning shot. Yeah, I agree. And just touching on wing defence position, we have to talk about Gabby Simpson. She was just a mongrel at the ball, especially that first quarter. She was going hard at it every single time. And even though the Firebirds lost that quarter, there was no doubt that she was a really tough competitor for the Swifts to combat. I think, I know you said that Rav played a really great game. I actually don't think it was her best. I think she oh, was Oh, it wasn't very, her best, but uh, it yeah. was it was a stepping stone oh, in the course. right direction, yeah. if that makes sense. I think what Simpson did so well is that she allowed Rav the space to work herself into the game. And I think that's something that only someone in a, leaders, in a leadership position and um, with the experience that Gabby Simpson has. Um, can do and I I was really really impressed with her game obviously she worked her way back into Australian Diamonds form last year Um, so hopefully we'll continue to see that form from her Um, and I think we'll head on to the final game of the round now which sadly saw a very devastating injury to the one and only Kira Austin the Giants still came away with the win against the Thunderbirds though coming out 66 to 52 victors 14 goals is pretty good, especially when you consider their main goal attack went down in the second quarter. Uh, It was just a frustrating game watching as someone who really likes to see the Thunderbirds succeed. But the Giants were just too good in this one. I think that this is going to... I've been really critical of the Giants in the past, and this is their chance to really prove that. It's going to be incredibly hard without the likes of Austin. And they're going to have to clearly find someone else that can replicate her performance. I think Sophie Dwyer put out a really strong performance. And that's really exciting for not only the Giants fans, but Australian netball fans across you know, the country. Because to see what she can deliver and come on in such a high intensity and with so much emotion, clearly yeah. seeing her teammate go down like that, it's really promising signs. But I think for me, the main takeaway is the Thunderbirds and what's gone wrong or what what has like, where do you even begin with I mean, what I think has we gone all wrong? Know where it's gone wrong. Shall I be the one that says <laughs> they are clearly missing Chelsea Pittman in that attacking Absolutely. unit? Yes. They look like a headless chook. <laughs> yes. There's just no direction and as harsh as it is to say it, it's so obvious because they're having to try and 
fill that void. I think there were moments where Al McDonald really shone, but then there were other moments where there was just nothing working. Well, I think it all comes down to, again, I know we've mentioned it multiple times now, but it's playing players out of position. You look at someone like Maisie Nankavell, wing defence and centre are her bread and butter. She only plays well in centre because she has that defensive ability to run down the court. She started the game in wing attack and it made it really hard for the side to find the goals. And even though someone like Georgie Horgis can impact the play fairly well. She was pushed out to goal atta- uh, to wing attack at some point and Sam Gooden went into goal attack. But even then, they just don't have the stability up front to control the ball going into the circle. And I think even Lanise Pogita had a really quiet game and she ended up actually leading the pack for missing net points for the team. And I think that says a lot because she certainly was shut down really, really well by the likes of... Um, Sam Pullman and April Ramley because Christiana Manoa was out. And so that's a whole other kettle of fish. They've still got their main goal defence to come back into the team. We say main goal defence like we're forgetting that April Bramley was in yeah, fact an Australian diamond. diamond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just a frustrating game to see from the Thunderbirds because we know what they're capable of and we know that that, goal atta- uh, that goaling circle and even their defensive circle, you look at Shamira Sterling, they... They have so much class, but they just couldn't put it into this game. But I pose this question. What are they capable of? Because we are going off expectations of last year where they built such a strong foundation. Georgie Horges was able to shine because of the work Chelsea Pittman was doing. Without Chelsea Pittman, what are they able to do? What does their best performance look like? Well, that's a question, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, they're really missing that strong. Unless Elle McDonald really steps up and becomes, she won't become Chelsea Pittman, but, you know, has to really build and then Georgie Hall just might be able to reach her full potential. But without that strong lead out front, it's going to be hard for them all season. Yeah, realistically, I think of their wing attack choices, Elle McDonald is the best one. So it almost surprised me that she didn't get that starting position. Um, I think... You look at someone like Shadeen van der Merver in wing defence, she often takes some time to warm into games. Even Hannah Petty, and I know she's captain, but she does take her time to get really into the match. And I think she did a good job in the second half when she was on in centre. But I would have really liked to see Nankavell in wing defence or centre to start out, Al McDonald in wing attack, um, and shuffle Petty and uh, van der Merver around that. Um, I think that would have worked out to be a much better starting attack line. That being said, full credit to the Giants. Uh, the Giants were really impressive. Joe Harton was really hard to stop. She's just so cool, calm and collected. Uh, she just turns and shoots and looks like she doesn't have a care in the world. And then she gives you a death stare yeah. and you're like, oh, okay then. <laughs> Back off, note to self. <laughs> but yeah, I it, it was sad to see Kira Austin go down. At the end of the day, um, like you said before, Tay, Sophie Dwyer did such a good job coming on under pressure. She went almost 100% for a lot of the match. I think she may have missed her first or second in the in the third quarter. So I went that entire second quarter when she came on um, completely at 100%. I'm pretty sure the Giants overall did in that quarter. Um, again, a testament to how much they were in control of this game. And even though the Thunderbirds did come back in the end of the game, sadly, the Giants giants were just far too strong in this one i think one person that i'd like to bring up was maddie hay she had a really really strong performance and that was just so good to see because she was she's almost rewarding them for the work that 
she put in, if that makes sense, yeah. or the the faith. She's repaying the faith. So clearly last season it was a little bit of still testing the waters, but this game she came out really composed and really confident and that was shown through those really clever passes and just the her composure to hold on to the ball for an extra second here, there and everywhere was really paramount because it allowed the Giants to set up in attack and set up in that goaling circle which is exactly what you want yeah I agree well it was a huge opening round we'll quickly run through this week's matches round two comes up this weekend so on Saturday the first match of the round is the Giants and the Magpies what do you guys think of this one who who is your tip oh Giants are going to kill the pie giants for sure yeah yeah i agree with that one i think their form on the weekend and their ability to play through that messiness with austin um was really critical and i think they'll come in come into this one flying okay second game is a saturday night game between the fever and the swifts i reckon this could be a really interesting one i reckon i'm probably going to say this is the game of the round um both teams are coming off wins what do you guys think it's going to be an absolute cracker i think that if the Swifts, as per usual, can shut down that attacking midcourt of the Fever, then it's the Swifts games. But with someone like Janil Fiala, you can never count them out because the Fever can score so quickly. Yeah, And that's yeah. the hard thing is that within a blink of the eye, the ball is down the court and in her hands going into the ring. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you had to pick a team, it would be Fever on my end. Yeah. Yeah, I think on, on paper, I want to go Swifts, but on ability, I think I'd go Fever. Um, third game of the round on Mother's Day on this Sunday is Melbourne Vixens versus Sunshine Coast Lightning. I think it's safe to say that Lightning should get over the line here. I'd be very surprised if they get beaten by the Vixens as much as it pains me to admit. I will back you on that. I think that's the Lightning's game to win. There's no doubt about it. With that defensive end and the lack of or continuity for the Vixens, I think that it should play into the hands of the Lightning. Yeah, yeah, same. And the final game of the round is also on Sunday afternoon. We've got the Firebirds taking on the Thunderbirds. And again, I think this is going to be really interesting. Thunderbirds need to pull their finger out here um, because they can't afford to be beaten by the Firebirds comprehensively. And I mean, both sides like to go for that long bomb. So you can rely on the Thunderbirds going for the super shot. I think it would be very interesting. Firebirds should easily get over the line here, though. In the Battle of the Birds, I'm going Queensland. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) As simple as that. If they don't win, I'm going to be very, very surprised. You look at that midcourt and just that continuity. Yeah. I think there's no doubt about where the win should go. Yeah, 100% agree. Well, we'll head on to ANZ Premiership content now and we'll say goodbye to Phoebe Doyle. Thank you so much, Phoebe, for joining us for our SSN chat. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been really great getting some different ideas into the circle instead of just me and Tay arguing over things. Thank you very much. (laughs) It was a really huge round in the ANZ Premiership. Round three, it was a very close round in comparison to other matches we've seen from the league. Uh, I think the biggest goal difference was four goals and that's saying something given the amount of class on the court across the entire league. So the first match of the round was the Southern Steel defeating the Central Pulse. What did you think of this one, Tay? It was a really interesting game because the Southern Steel just came out with this sense of composure and just a real clear game plan and that caught the Pulse off guard to a certain extent. 
And that just forced them into playing catch-up netball, which, again, the Pulse aren't typically used to playing, having, for the past two seasons, gone through virtually undefeated. And, yes, we've touched on the fact that they do have an incredibly new lineup and they're still ironing out those kinks and looking for those new connections across the court. But the Steel just pounced on that. And the efforts of Tanisha Fafida, my goodness, she had a game to remember. From the opening minute of the quarter, of the first quarter, she came out and just injected herself into the play. Her defensive pressure was immense and she just consistently bodied up on Aaliyah Dunn, but in a really crafty way that it would push her out of her usual shooting zone yeah. and forced her to take those long bombs or forced her to put in that extra pass, which allowed the other teammates around the around Fafida to pick up ball. So it was a really strong defensive performance from her. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this one was kind of, as much as Fafida did a really good job, it was really a battle of the goalers here. You look at Aaliyah Dunn, 38 from 39, phenomenal effort. And then George Fisher, another huge haul, 48 from 52. She just continues to star across the league. She's proven that she is more than capable of holding up to the pressure. Um, Tiana Metuado, 8 from 8 at 100%. She didn't necessarily find the goals all that much, but it was the work rate she put on outside the circle, 29 goal assists. Teamo Amaro Tibble for the Pulse, putting up 14 from 18 to assist done. It was just a really clinical effort at the front end from both teams. It was, it was just that defensive pressure from the steel, not only in the back end with Fafita getting those four intercepts, but the midcourt from the Steel too. We just know what they're capable of. Obviously, Saunders and Heffernan are both highly defensive players. Um, so see, I mean, it was kind of nice seeing them get a win over the Pulse. I, I was waiting for you to make that type <laughs> of comment. I think that Heffernan has really come into her own this season, yeah. really found her feet in that centre position, and that is filtering across the rest of the team. They can kind of thrive off that energy, which is incredibly important, especially to think she's so young as well and still yeah. so much more development so to see the performance in which the steel have been putting out and knowing that i think i've harped on this every ep- episode so far that they've got about five players under the age of 21 is a really ominous sign for rival teams definitely and just before we move on we've got to touch on a potential injury to maddie gordon um, she did her ankle in, I think it was the first It was the first quarter she went down. And, and then she came back on and just looked really proppy and came back off almost immediately. I, she came on for probably like three minutes in the yeah. second quarter and then went straight off. So that's a huge concern yeah. because she just provides so much energy and that ability to transition through the court is second to none. While we've seen her play that wing defense position this year, she clearly has the capacity to play wing attack and use her netball smarts to her full advantage, which is exactly what the Pulse need. And they're going to miss her zip and just energy across the court. However, in saying that, I do think Paris Locatoya just played a really solid role. She did nothing fancy or anything like that, but put in the hard yards, and that's exactly what you want from wing defence. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll move on to another four-goal ball game between the Northern Stars and Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic. The Magic were just pipped at the post here. They had a nice last quarter comeback. They actually won the second half 
quite um, significantly, but the Stars came away with the 55-51 win. I think it's safe to say that a lot of that was down to the class of their front end. You look at the form of Jamie Hume and Maya Wilson, who neither of them shot at 100%, but it's the volume of ball that they get in from Gina Crampton, Mila Riello, Buchanan, um, and the Magic just seemed really scared to pass the ball in. The Magic were petrified, to sk- to, I would say, <laughs> because there were periods of time where clearly the influence of Anna Harrison and Al Temu just sent shockwaves through that Magic yeah. attacking line. And Harrison is an absolute jet, but I think that this game was the time for Ali Temu to really step up, and she did. She really commanded the ball against Caitlin Bassett and almost put so much fear into them that she didn't end up coming back onto the court in the final quarter. So she played a little bit in the third, um, Seabass, and then she didn't come on for the rest of the game. And that, I think, was partially down to the work that Temu was doing on her just to physically, you know, maneuver herself around her, confuse the space, get hands to ball and just get in the head. Probably didn't help. I think Bassett got a little knock to the knee and she looked a bit proppy yeah, from then she on. Did, yeah. So that could be a little bit of a concern as well. Yeah, I think the other thing is was the wealth of ball back that the Stars got, but not just that they – I don't know how to describe it. it. It wasn't just that they were getting hands to ball. They were winning it. Tips, they were winning the ball. I think that's what's most significant. The Stars racked up 10 intercepts all up. Um, and the Magic only got five, and they were from Erna Makari and Temelisi Fakahokatau, the two defenders. So it just goes to show that Star's full-court defense, I mean, Crampton, Rayleigh Buchanan, Ocean Mai, he came on for a stint in defense too. Harrison with four intercepts is just outstanding given, again, she's just come back to the league for the first time in a couple of years and just appears to be flying. She has no issue crossing the court, covering the court, covering her player, doing all that. It's its pretty incredible. I cannot sing the praises of her high enough. The, just the effort she has 24-7 is ridiculous. Her ability to, as you say, cover the court is just so impressive. And she just provides that spark and energy for the rest of the side. You know that as soon as she gets anywhere near the ball, something exciting is about to happen. And you can almost see that the rest of her teammates are anticipating an intercept or a deflection. And that whole team defensive mindset is really paramount. However, one thing I will quickly touch on for the Magic is that they were without Grace Cutter this game. She wasn't even named in the side. So I'm not 100% sure where she is. Maybe it was a personal issue or didn't take the court, uh, couldn't come or something like that. But I will say that Tori Colosi played a really, really strong role. She had glimpses of, uh, to pardon the pun, Magic, you know, (laughs) but just there were fragments of times where she was really outclassed and then other times she really shone so it's going to be interesting how they move forward without Carter if she does miss another game yeah especially since it's Carter's uh, experience and ability to kind of just cite plays in the ring and just go for it and exactly she, she has a really great connection with Seabass at the post and I mean Kiana Williams too put on a really good showing despite the fact that she was kind of coming on as the underdog in a game where the Magic were kind of trailing quite early. But, um, yeah, it was a really solid game by the Stars. They will be disappointed by that nine-goal last quarter, um, letting that go a little bit for it to only be a four-goal margin. But I think we'll head into the final game, game of the round now, which was an absolute thriller 
Um, we've had two of them this weekend, but <laughs> this was the one that Taylor's been talking about for the last few days. The Northern <laughs> Mystics just pipped the mainland tactics at the post. 53 to 52, well, literally pipped them at the post there. Yes, quite literally picked them at the post in the last like two seconds of the game. Wiki just somehow plucked the ball out of midair up against the likes of Jane Watson and Carden Berger. So two Sylvan Ferns defenders mm. plucked the ball out of the air, slotted it, and it was victory for the, the Northern Mystics. It was just such a good showing from Wiki. I was really impressed with her performance. She had a little bit of a shaky start, but she really grew with confidence throughout. And you just can't underestimate her given the fact that she was double teamed pretty much for the entire game against two well-established defenders that are recognized as silver ferns. Her capacity to just get in and get the job done was second to none. Not to mention Peta Toyava. She is just an absolute jet. She can commands the ball in attack and she runs everything so when there were passages of play where the ball wasn't going the mystics way it was because toyava wasn't involved as soon as she got involved things started to turn and lean in favor of the mystics so she's that real barometer for them but it was just a really convinced i was going to say convincing performance but it was a strong performance by the mystics to really dig deep and withstand that pressure that the tactics applied because it was just such a heart-in-your-mouth finish. And to think that a 19-year-old was able to save the day is just a testament to her composure, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. And something to keep in mind for the tactics, this is their third straight loss, but they did actually have to pie a Selby Rickett back for the first time this season, which was huge. I mean, we didn't know going into the season that they were going to be missing her and they were the tactics realistically were the team to beat coming into the season. So... It's frustrating that in this match they got pipped at the post and couldn't register that win. But keeping in mind, Tapia Selby-Rickett did not play out the full game. I think she played... Um, she played three quarters, but yeah. there is a little bit of concern because there was talk that she should only have played a maximum of 30 minutes. So hopefully that her spending that extra time out on court is not going to impact her ability to return to play yeah. at a more frequent capacity. So hopefully, for example, next week she doesn't have to miss an entire game because of recovery or something like yeah. that. But just her presence out the front completely shifted the entire attacking unit of the tactics. Ali Bird looked 10 times more confident. Yeah, Erikana Pedersen just was more sure of herself. And same with Kimi Oropoi. So while the accuracy for Tapia Selby-Rickett definitely was not where she would have liked it, just her overall presence and playmaking skill is what spurred the tactics on and gave them a fighting chance. Yeah, it was just a really... I mean, apart from that first quarter from the tactics when Tapia Selby-Rickett wasn't on court, they had a really consistent performance and kept rattling the Mystics. And I mean, I will say, I think the Mystics of last year probably would have lost it um, purely based on just nerves um, but they did have Bailey Mez out the front. She didn't necessarily put out the most accurate or impactful impactful performance, but I think having her calm head out the front makes things a lot easier for Toyava, for Wiki, um, to be able to perform around her. But overall, I think it was a it was a really really impressive game from both teams and um, a great showing of the skill that is going around in the league. Um, quick touch on the games for this round. Um, 
We've got two on Sunday, one on Monday. So Sunday's matches, we've got the stars and the steel, the tactics and the magic. What are your thoughts on these ones, Tay? Well, that's my main <laughs> thought is that the stars are going to be hunting for their fourth straight win, whereas yeah. the steel have shown that they have the capacity to mix it with the best. So Absolutely. that's going to be one to watch. Yeah, and I think the tactics magic one will be very interesting too, like you just touched on. If Selby Rickett doesn't play or if she does play on limited minutes, what does that mean for the side? Because they need a win here if they want to really recover in time to kind of generate momentum. And play finals. Of the season, yeah, and then finals. Magic also need a win here just to kind of settle the side, I think. They came in so strong, they got their first win on the board in round one, but they haven't been able to replicate that. So it's just... I think it will be a battle of two fairly inconsistent teams in the second game. Then the third match of the round is between the Central Pulse and Northern Mystics. Another really interesting game here. I think the Mystics may just have it over the Pulse, especially if the Pulse are missing Gordon. Yeah, I back that move because I think the the Mystics at the moment are brimming with confidence and the Pulse, on the other hand, are lacking that confidence. They... It's almost like they've forgotten how to win, which sounds ridiculous because it's only four games in, but they just don't have that same level of composure and class across the court that they're used to having. So they're having to find alternative ways to create that momentum. Yeah. Well, it's been a huge round of action across both the SSN and ANZ Premiership over the weekend. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Centre Pass podcast. As always, remember to go to netball.draftcentral.com.au for all of your latest netball news, reviews, articles, features, etc. Um, follow us on social media at Centre Pass Podcast uh, on Facebook and at Centre Pass Pod on Twitter. And join us next week for another great episode.